Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Social Contract, a Commander podcast. I'm Mike Almond, and joining me is my co-host, Alex Lapp. Alex, what's up, man? Well, not too much, Mike. Uh, we just have a special episode today. This will be a brief yeah. one. Yeah. Because we have a update from the Rules Committee, the July 2021 update. Right. We're actually in the middle. It's, it's kind of a weird timing where we're in between set review <laughs> as far as yeah. our... You know, the the D&D, the uh, Forgotten Realms, the main set. And we're going to do all of the Commander review uh, a little bit later this week. But, I mean, when breaking news hits, breaking news hits. Alex, they don't ban cards very often. No, they really don't, Mike. Uh, the last one was, of course, Lutri. That was back in, uh, I think, April of 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and, it was and that was kind of a... Yeah. That was a weird case because they banned it before even it before it was even released right. in Commander. They banned it the you know? day it was previewed, spoiled. Basically. Yeah. And and I get why, because it it basically breaks the format of Commander. Right. Like you know, Companion was its own mess by itself, but that card in particular, well, this just goes in every is it deck. Yeah. It goes in every deck that's that, that was so, a problem. Yeah, exactly. This is different. Yeah, I'd like to uh, to start us off just by making sure that we uh, get the whole announcement in here. Um, yeah. We have two new additions to the Commander Advisory Group, but what is we that? The, the Commander Advisory Group is a non-voting body staffed by community members that are selected mm-hmm. by the Rules Committee, uh, who is the governing voting body of the game of Commander, the game we all know and love, and... On occasion, they will add uh, new members to that board, and uh, these these people will advise the rules committee on the uh, a wide variety of different voices, different opinions, different play styles, sure. different communities, different metas, just to get a a bigger picture in. And uh, two new people were added today, and that is uh, Kristen Gregory and Elizabeth Rice. Yeah. And uh, well, Kristen Gregory is, uh, is a writer for Commander Serum, which is one of our uh, websites at DDHRAC. So shout there out to Kristen go. there. And uh, yeah, congratulations to them both. I'm sure that they will uh, do us proud on the Commander Advisory Group. Um, another much more minor note. Uh, as I said in my brief AFR review episode, uh, as mm-hmm. promised, Dungeons will work properly, and they have generalized the case uh, to change the Commander Rule 11 so that Mm -hmm. it reads, parts of abilities which bring other traditional cards you own from outside of the game, uh, such as Living Witch, Spawn Sire of Ulamog, Karn the Great Creator, do not function in Commander, a traditional being the operative word there, because now uh, Dungeons, which are... Non-traditional. They're not traditional. They're tokens... But I guess yeah, they're tokens, but they have to be defined in the rules because the token isn't described. I mean, we didn't really go over it in the AFR review because it's not really relevant. But uh, not yet. Yeah, people people who have been uh, watching the AFR spoilers know that dungeons mm. are a part of a new keyword venturing into the dungeon. And since those dungeon tokens start outside of the game, there was some concern as to whether those would be legal in EDH or whether it would just have no effect. And uh, surprise, they do work, as, as they said mm-hmm. they would. But that's not really why we 
came together yeah. to talk about this episode, Mike. Yeah, th- and that's, thank that's, you very uh, much. For, yeah, go ahead. Go Hope, ahead. Hope Breacher's band, Mike. Here's the thing. I don't know how to feel. Okay, well let's let's read Hall Breacher first, and then we'll talk about how we feel about Hall Breacher. Sure. Uh, fine. For anyone who doesn't know, which how could you? Hall Breacher two and a blue for a creature Merfolk Pirate. It's a three two with flash. If an opponent would draw a card, except the first one they draw in each of their draw steps, instead you create a treasure token. Uh, this came out in Commander Legends. Mm-hmm. Right. You're right, Mike. We uh, we specifically picked this card out, as did many other commander players and content creators as a particularly uh, fine point on the problem of just these absurdly powerful blue, black, and green cards. This was one Mm -hmm. of them. Uh, It's what a backbreaking card. Absolutely devastating. It's it's an absolute house. It's it's an absolute house. It, 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 takes one of the things that's already very, very powerful in EDH with wheels and cranks it up to 11, even though it might have been up at 11 to begin with. Now, we've had another um, wheel-based card banned before, mm-hmm. um, and that's Leavold, Emissary of Trust. Sure. Um, which I don't think we need to read. He's been banned for many years. But right. he, he effectively did this... Uh, a similar thing where he prevented your opponents from drawing more than one card each turn, which, of course, uh, wheels can take massive advantage of by forcing them to discard their entire hand and not draw anything. Devastating. Here's, here's where I'm at. So Sheldon Menery did an article recently about wheels. He did. And about how, frankly, they're, they're, they're pretty oppressive. They're pretty rampant. Wheelie wheelie good is a phrase for a thing. We didn't coin it. It's pretty widely spread. I'm con- I'm confused on, I guess, the timeline. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems weird to me. Lutri getting banned before it was ever really released. Totally get that. Doesn't function. Fine. They don't ban cards very often. No. And I don't know if the timing with this coincides... And is related, or, or, sorry, I don't know if the timing for this is coincidence. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a preface. I don't, I'm confused here. I'm, I'm in the, if the cards exist in the game. Even as powerful as Hull Breacher is, if you're going to put it in the game, it's there, fine. So the idea of banning it, what are we, half a year away you know a little bit it's it's been within a you know a 12 month cycle at the very least and it's gone now i i don't know it it feels odd to me what do you think let's see holbreacher came out with commander legends which was released uh, november 20th of 2020 okay so yeah it's been it's been more than six months but not not a year right um as for the timing of the ban I mean, even as somebody who's working for EDH Rec, I have absolutely no insight. And even if I did, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mention anything about the banning process or anything like that. I have, no, sure, I have sure. no privileged information. So all I can do is speculate and opine just like Mike. <laughs> and if you had privileged information, then it would be privileged. And I, we, yeah, can't, then be privileged. we can't release right. that. And, and there are people <laughs> in my circle that do have that privileged information. Sure. Um, 
because I am in a uh, in a workplace with other with commander advisory group members, and of course they're very upfront about this. They can't talk about any of this, so all we can do is opine and give what we think is going on. Um, and I just want to give that preface. Not only do we not know what's going on behind the scenes, but the RC and the CAG have a difficult job. They have to keep uh, tens of millions of players happy, Absolutely. which is impossible. So that said, let's now complain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, this is this is much more, for me, it's much less of a like, do you know why they call it wine? No, why do they call it wine? Because you make it with sour grapes. And I'm not trying to do either of those <laughs> That's things. That's very good. I came up with that today because I was excited. You came about up with this, that today? Uh, this recording. I, I did. I, 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 it's one of those things where, much like wheelie, wheelie good, it may be a phrase that somebody else has used before, but I went, ah, I'm going to do this. Right. And uh, if that actually exists. Well, wine doesn't uh, always have to do with huh. sour grapes, but that is one appropriate right. that is quite good. Um, yeah. So let's. I just, yeah. yeah, I just, it's one of those things where, I don't want this. I don't want to complain about it because it's yeah. one of those things where I it, it, I feel like at a certain point Wizards gets to go. Well, we're damned if we if we do, and we're damned if we don't. Then this card was something that we made. It came out. People hated it, or a lot of people hated it because it was too powerful. So we took it out of the game, and now people are mad at us. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to understand the the thought process. Okay. And well, let's part of it. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, let's, yeah, let's, let's lead into it. Let's Dive do what in. we can to to look into the stock process. And let's start mm -hmm. with reading the statement. This will give us sure. uh, a little bit of insight, assuming that they're as honest as they can be and as forthright as they can be. And then after mm -hmm. that, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the RC's ban philosophy, which we have talked about before, but a lot of people probably aren't familiar with. So right. let's read it here. Hole Breacher has been a problem card since its release. Its ostensible okay. defensive use against extra card draw has been dwarfed by offensively combining it with mass draw effects to easily strip players' hands while accelerating, yeah. accelerating the controller. And this much we know. The problem yeah. with wheels isn't that they're wheels. I mean, wheels are kind of annoying. In, in this is not a preventative no, card. This, the problem with <laughs> wheels is that wheels have payoffs, and those payoffs are really good. Really, really mm -hmm. good. Uh, back to the quote here. That play pattern isn't something we want prevalent in casual play, see the Leovold ban, which we mentioned. Sure. And we have seen a lot of evidence that it is too tempting even there, as it combines with wheels and other popular casual staples. The case against the card was overwhelming. There remain a few similar cards that are still permitted, notably Notion Thief and Narset Parter of Veils. Mm -hmm. uh, the additional hoops required, such as an additional color pip for Notion Thief and Sorcery Speed for Narset, oh boy, uh, appear to be keeping them to the appropriate level of play, though we'll continue <laughs> to keep an eye on them. Um, and that statement is directly from the Rules Committee. So sure. before I delve into what I think, Mike, what do you have to say about that? As far as a overarching statement, as far as generalization, I'm, I'm with it. Okay. I, 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 I heard your eyes roll when you were talking about Narset being more balanced because of sorcery speed, and I get it too. Trust me. No, I wasn't really uh, balanced at the Narset, but I'll let you finish. Well, we'll talk about that. Don't worry. Yeah, everything contained in that statement, I at least get the premise of. <laughs> yeah. uh, Wizards does 
a lot of work on the games that they provide and with Magic the Gathering they are mm-hmm. also very very conscious of how they're going to present their this is why we did this because frankly it's a game that a lot of people play well, again, and there we, are a lot we want to be clear about, the rules so, yeah. committee and Wizards of the Coast are separate bodies the rules committee does sure. have a Wizards of the Coast employee on it but the other mm-hmm. four members are not Wizards employees and so they're not on the payroll of wizards um, they do obviously have a close working relationship out of necessity uh, mm-hmm. but it they're not one and the same thank you for the clarification okay so let's talk about the the part that you could hear me roll my eyes at and, yeah. and how that ties <laughs> into uh, what the rules committee calls their signpost banning philosophy and what I affectionately call the crucifixion philosophy. And basically how this goes is that the rules committee has specific priorities when it comes to the ban list. They want to have a small ban list with few number of cards on it, and they don't want to change it very often. And we can see this in practice. Uh, Very few cards are banned relative to how many cards are legal uh, in, in the format. And Mike noted at the start of this uh, episode, you're right. Bands are very, very, very rare. Um, having right. having two bands inside of one year. Wait, this No, this wasn't one year. It was uh, a year and a couple of months. A year sure. and a year and four months. That's still very, that's, that's more bands than average for the rules committee. Um, right. So yeah, we can see that in practice. And the signpost style of banning that they've done is different from all other formats banned in restricted lists, um, all of which that are sanctioned formats at least are managed by Wizards of the Coast and they make their decisions on there. Now, Wizards and the Rules Committee have separate philosophies. And so we're only going to be talking about how the rules committee bans cards here. When the rules committee bans a card, they are doing it by their own description to discourage similar cards from being played. That card may be a big offender of whatever mm-hmm. strategy playstyle in this case, uh, wheeling people's hands out and and making them play hellbent. Um, but as they noted, there are other cards that are very similar to this. Leovold uh, was one of them. That one is also banned. But mm-hmm. there's also Notion Thief and Narset Partner Veils. And you'll notice that even though they provided explanations for why they didn't feel the need to ban Notion Thief or Narset Partner Veils or many of the other cards that are extremely similar to many of the cards that are on the ban list, like Necropotence, which is not banned, and... Yawgmoth's Bargain, which is banned. Two very similar cards. Um, the reason why is because of this signpost idea. They, The rules committee feels that they can ban individual cards, and this sort of bans by association all of the cards around them. Now, I'm going to have... <laughs> I'm going to have Mike respond to that first because we have talked about this before and I don't want to go off on a tangent. But suffice to say, when I have my turn to talk, I don't agree with this strategy. Mike, how do you feel about it? I, I, 
I think you ban cards because they break the format mm-hmm. or they're bad for the format. Mm-hmm. I I don't love the idea of it feels in the kindest way that I can put it. It feels like a cop out mm-hmm. because the other thing that they also talk about is like, hey, the rule zero of magic is discuss it at the table and figure it out. Like you don't just have to follow. Which the is line fair. That's one say. of the parts that and that's, is good right, about our format. But, but you can't say the rule is discuss it with your play group. Mm-hmm. Also, we're going to make examples of cards because it's a suggestion at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that seems wrong to me. Um, but at the same time, and shout out to the shout out to the EDH rec cast, uh, because in a recent episode, yep. Hi everybody. Hi. <laughs> um, they brought up a really good point towards the beginning of one of their episodes where last year there were more new cards than there were all magic cards in the first three years of magic. Fascinating. And, and with this set release with forgotten realm set release, we're going to have more new cards now this year than we did all of last year. So when you're bringing in that many new cards, Mm -hmm. I get the idea of sometimes something is going to get banned because there's just more stuff. And as you're adding more and more pieces to this Jenga tower, well, it's going to make it easier for other things to collapse. So, okay, great. Right. The idea of doing that because you're trying to send a message instead of trying to keep the tower standing. I, that, that feels a little lost on me. Okay. Yeah, I feel uh, I feel similarly to to you, Mike. Now, I think the main issue isn't necessarily that the signpost ban strategy is a bad idea on the face of it. Sure. I think that if EDH was the only format, and there were no other, I mean, there were just offshoots of EDH like Brawl and stuff yeah. like that. Then you have to worry about the that. signpost ban list style philosophy would be a little bit less unintuitive. Now I saw a Mm -hmm. post on the EDH subreddit recently um, and it was somebody who had been playing the game of of EDH for several years and Mm -hmm. uh, they were bemoaning that this is funny, this was before the ban announcement incidentally, but they were bemoaning that only just now had they even heard of the signpost ban philosophy by the RC. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, Mike, I don't want to speak for you, but I believe that it was only within the past uh, year or two that you became aware of uh, of the RC or the CAG or, or something like that. And maybe you can correct me yeah. on this. No, uh, uh, it was around the time that we started uh, recording the podcast. Right. Uh, I, I, I couldn't tell you exactly if I became aware of it because I was doing the research needed to start the podcast mm-hmm. or after like episode two, I went, Oh, I should know how some of this works. Alex, please explain to me. Right. And then we went into it, right. but it was, it, I mean, it's fairly new to me as well. Okay. And that's, I think that's not at all a, uh, you're not unique in that at all. I don't think. No. I think that a lot of EDH players, especially ones that don't regularly consume 
uh, ancillary content like our podcast and other people's podcasts and mm-hmm. YouTube videos like the Command Zone and, and reading subreddits and things like that. There are a lot of people that just don't engage in that at all. They play at their kitchen table or they play at their LGS. And those people, whether or not they know about the RC, um, I think would be well within their rights to reasonably assume that when a card is banned in EDH, it functions like every other banned card mm-hmm. in every other format. For example, like when Oko got banned uh, last year. Oko didn't get banned because Oko represents a bad strategy and cards that are similar to him shouldn't be played. Oko sure. got banned because specifically Oko itself was the problem. And yes. everybody who is playing those formats understands that. They're like, okay, we can't play Oko, but we're going to play, you know, strategies that are like that, but aren't quite as good just because that piece of it is gone. And I think that that mentality is going to translate right over. When Hole Breacher is banned, people aren't going to say, oh, well, I guess I shouldn't play Notion Thief, Narset, Opposition Agent, sure. any of those yeah, cards. Yeah, now it's a replacement. Right. Now I have, well, now I have, I have more incentive to play those right. other cards They're because be this like, is when I was. Yeah, like, well, Hole Breacher's banned, so I'm going to use the next best thing. And right. of course, they're well within the rights to do that. But I think that it's on paper, the signpost ban philosophy is not completely mm-hmm. without merit. However, in the dirty, grimy real world where you have many millions of players all playing the game, mm-hmm. those players need rules. Games need rules. Sure. And when a card is banned, the way that most people are going to understand it is this card is banned and other cards aren't. And if you mean it in another way than that, then I think that message, what I'm saying is I think that message is going to get lost. And I think that even among people who know that the signpost ban philosophy is a thing that people either disregarded out of not caring or out of even spite for the RC because the RC has uh, a lot of bad blood from the community just... Because people get very salty about this kind of thing. But how do you feel, Mike? Well, to your point exactly, we are both aware of it. Mm -hmm. We're aware of the message and the premise on how they ban cards and how they decide to ban cards. We've also done an episode on these are the cards that we would like to see come back. These are the cards that, you know, we would suggest, hey, maybe we look into banning this. Mm -hmm. So if we have that premise and we understand the intent on how they ban cards... Think about that for the people that don't. Right. It's and here's the thing, you know. Spoiler alert: Am I glad? Am I glad? Like, if you put all of this in a vacuum, you don't take the timing, you don't take the, you know, the message, you don't have anything there. If you just asked me, "Hey, Hole Breacher is a card that we have. We're thinking about putting. Is it something that we put out into the world and we let it be, or?" Do we not release this card? I would be on the, no, I don't think this card should be a thing side. So part of me is happy about this. Right. I don't like this card being a thing. And I'm looking at EDH Rick. Do you know that even in the entirety of all blue decks, this is one of like the top 25, 30 cards, even though it's only been a thing for about seven months, That's eight phenomenal. months. Considering how expensive this card is and how mean it yeah. is to see it it's not in popular. It's not in pre-cons. It's literally in yeah. one set. 
It's never been reprinted, and it's an 8% of all decks. It's in more decks than Archaeomancer. It's in more decks. Wow. That, like It's just behind, just behind Lab Man and Dig Through Time. Okay, well, those are both extremely popular staples. Right. It's just behind those cards that have been around for a minute. Yeah. And, like, this is one of those times where they're banning a card, like, when they banned Paradox Engine, mm-hmm. I don't know how many decks Paradox Engine was in. in my deck. But I assume it was in a lot because it is a win con. It's a colorless artifact win con. Yeah. It, is been a, it had been around a lot longer than Hole Breacher had. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I again, I think it's good. And, and this is just my premise. I think it's good that this card is not legal in our format. I think the way that we got there is problematic. And I think the way that it signs... I would rather have this been like Lutri. If if we're going to get to this point, Mm -hmm. don't wait until it's in 23,000 decks on EDH rec. Right. And six months later, seven months later, eight months later, talk about, okay, we're going to remove this because instead of it being used this way, it's been used in a much more aggressive way. And there's other cards like it that have less or that have more restrictions. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take this one away. Well, that's, you can forecast that. You can see how many people play Narset. We can see how many people play these other cards. We have the previous ban from a card that did something like this. So if we have all of this information and then this card comes out, it's either there or not, as far as I'm concerned. So what you're saying is that the RC should have known better and acted sooner. I'm saying people make mistakes. Don't frame it as people are using this and we don't like the way they're using it and there's other cards. Don't any of that. Either say, hey, this is a card that is destructive and it shouldn't have been a thing in the first place. And we're going to try and, you know, make sure that that's something we are more prominently aware of at the forefront from now on. Mm -hmm. Or outright say, hey, we've gotten a lot of feedback. And I think that's part of it. This card breaks games at three mana with flash. And if that's the case and it's, hey, there's a lot of stuff that we couldn't have foreseen. And now that it's there, it, it has to go away. Don't make it about the theme of what the card does. Make it about the card. Hole Breacher is messed up. Do I think that we need to ban Narset Parter of Ales? No. It's been around forever. It's fine. It's annoying. It's something that you can target, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I get why Hole Breacher, sh- it, in a vacuum, Hole Breacher should be removed or could be removed versus Narset. But don't make it about the theme on everything if the problem is the card itself. If Hole Breacher is the problem, Hole Breacher is a problem. Admit that it's a problem. Get it out of there. Yeah, I think it's definitely a an issue of when you're a hammer, all your problems look like nails. They mm-hmm. The RC has this philosophy, and it seems to me that for better or for worse, that every band is going to fit within that philosophy. And if it doesn't fit, sure. they're going to make it fit. Mm-hmm. And I think... It sounds to me that part of it is what's not sitting right with you. Mostly. And be th- and all of that aside, I, I, I literally said I didn't want to be sour grapes and whine about it. But 
here we are. All of that, you know, keeping all of that in mind. First of all, uh, if anybody who's listening to this thinks, oh, I'm well, then I'm going to let those people know, give them a piece of my oh, mind. First of yeah, all, don't, don't, don't no. do that. No. The, for, if you're talking about people on the CAG, like the new, the new, uh, uh, the new entries uh, also announced with this, um, they're not involved. They didn't. They they might have done some advising on this. That it was probably a discussion. Again, I don't know, but decisions aren't made. Well, let's Relax. be very clear. Even if there was a single CAG member that we specifically knew was specifically the impetus for banning yes. this card that still would not be merit for uh, no. nasty comments towards them the nope. the rules committee and the cag as i said earlier have the impossible job and they're mm-hmm. doing the best that they can in with good intentions and that's not always going to sit well with everybody but it's very important that we treat them with respect and not send them death threats when they yes. ban or don't ban a particular card. And I should hope that none of our listeners would ever do anything like that, but you never know. No, our, our listeners are, are nice people. Yes. You hear that? If you're listening to this, you better be a nice person. Mm. Otherwise, you'll make me sad. Um, the other part of that is, I also 100% admit, we have a podcast that is designed to talk about EDH. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that means we talk about the rules committee. Sometimes that means we talk about banned cards, we talk about cards they should unban, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That is not a job. I I feel like I am pretty good at evaluating my strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. That is not a job I could do. I could I I don't think I would be a good functional member of the rules committee and everything that they have to do. So when I come across as somebody who is critiquing a decision that they are making it is not because i feel that there is any superiority it is just from my standpoint i wish that they had talked about why this was happening a little bit differently right i wish that a decision was either made right off the bat or that they just left but just went away but i get it i mean it's in it it's in a, it's in twenty three thousand decks already like i get it thousand decks i get it but it's weird, you know? It's just weird. Yeah, I mean, we can talk briefly about this conspiracy theory angle to it, where, as you mentioned, Sheldon, uh, who regularly writes uh, articles about mm-hmm. the state of the game and and cards that he feels are notable and cards that he feels are problems. And uh, as you said, he recently wrote an article talking about wheels but in that article he also said that he was not forecasting um no so i it's 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 less about conspiracy hearing timing as just like the just right at the article thing that i think is more coincidental Mm -hmm. like i'm willing to totally wave that we are in the middle of like okay this this set has been the the Forgotten Realm set is spoiled, and the pre-release has happened, but the, now the like the release is happening, and the commander decks that are coming, and all this cool stuff. It's like, oh, by the way, on Monday, <laughs> yeah. kind of in the middle of it all, this thing that came out like eight months ago, yeah, it does suck. You're right. To be fair, it would be very difficult for them to schedule a ban announcement 
at a time where spoilers are not happening, about to happen, or have just finished happening. Yeah. Because we're just, we're now in the midst of 24-7, 365 spoiler season, uh, like I, the likes of which we've never seen. I did realize that I had said that literally like 20 minutes after I had talked about the fact that there are going to be more new cards now yeah. than there were last year, than there were... Like, I'm the glad they announced it now so instead fair enough. of three or yeah. four years from yeah. now, because Paradox Engine, as you're right... Uh, that got banned four years after it came out. Um, mm. And I think that a lot of people weren't happy about that. I wasn't happy about that. And then what Iona came out, uh, what was it, like 13 years before she got banned? Something like that. Yeah. It was a ridiculous yeah. amount of time. I, it took a very long time for Iona to get banned. And I think that, that it, yeah. from a wider gaze, from 30,000 feet, yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel great that they took this long, but I don't know. It It's not the kind of card that you or I would play with. No, and that's actually what I was... That was the one like piece of unknown information that I want to know because it would be... I think it would be really, really illuminating. Is Is this something that was similar to Flash where... Hey, this isn't a card that you or I play a lot because it is a certain power level. It is in a certain type of deck. Okay, we don't play that. So is this something where we didn't play Flash because it's basically a CEDH card almost exclusively. And it is a problematic card in CEDH. Mm -hmm. So eventually, hey, this is something where we're going to remove it because this is a big deal to that community. Is Hole Breacher one of those cards because it is so powerful, because it has flash, because it's three mana and has a ridiculous effect? Is it something where it was a big outcry in that community? Is it something where it was just overall? Is it something... I don't know if it was a feedback thing. I don't... I'm just curious of where did the intent come from? Right. And I think that as the rules committee and the commander advisor group expand, uh, the mm -hmm. commander advisor group now is in excess of 10 members. Um, yeah, I believe I, I don't know exactly how many people are on there, but the they've demonstrated that they intend to continue to grow the advisory group. And I think that that's a good idea because I, I think that, yeah. I think that a lot of, uh, this feedback is not just coming from, you know, the, the gaping maw of millions of screaming EDH players. And I think that's why mm -hmm. we have the CAG is because yes, we do need a wide variety of voices, but most voices that are going to be making advice don't have the kind of experience and the kind of insight that would allow them to craft solutions like yeah, players are very, very good at noticing when there's a problem in a game. They're very, sure. very bad at recommending the correct solution to that problem. Sure. I think <laughs> it is a lot easier to institute rule zero at the table than it is at the card development side and at the, you know, rules committee side and everything along those lines. I, I, I get where there is an absolute discourse and... I mean, heck, if we sit down at a table, and I'm actually looking forward to doing that with you in the near future here, um, I 
totally understand the thought of seeing somebody play a card on the other side of the table and going, wait, you're playing that? Ah, I trusted you. Like, I get this kind of thing. I don't envy any of the position that both the CAG and the Rules Committee are in. I wish this had been different, but I'm not even in a position where I'm like, hey, you need to do better. I am more in a position where I would have preferred it one way, but honestly, I think I'm tempered by being as happy with the result as I am with the confusion I have at it happening in the first place. You know what I mean? I think that as an end cap on this, I feel positively about this band. I'm glad that it's banned. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, obviously, I wish that it had never existed, but this is a close second. Sure. And uh, it, it sounds like that you feel quite similarly to to me here. But there have been a lot of extreme reactions, uh, even in oh, yeah. just the past few hours, because we're recording this on the same day that the announcement was made. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I've, I've heard people frothing at the oh. mouth. I've heard people I mean, just saying terrible, terrible things. Go, go to the Reddit announcement and, and just look through the comments and... Everybody, I understand, we're very passionate about this game because we like it. We, Hell, we love it. I get it. You gotta calm down, everybody. <laughs> it can't get to a point where you're, where you're love something so much that you hate everything that doesn't go your way in it. And the whole point of this game is to have fun. The rules committee saw this as a card that eliminated a lot of the potential to have fun. Agree or disagree with it, I totally understand. But that's why you have rule zero at your table. That's why you're able to have these conversations, everything along those lines. Um, Alex, if people want to ask about this or any other cards or anything about the set that we're literally in the middle of reviewing, uh, where would they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Lappermedic, L-A-P-P-E-R-M-E-D-I-C. You can ask me rules questions. You can just hit me up to chat anything you'd like. And if you want to talk to me in private, alex at edhrec.com is my email. This is where we would normally uh, talk about how we have a link to a TCG player as an affiliate uh, where you can buy all the cards that we talked about in this episode. Don't buy Holebreacher. Don't buy that because uh, it's illegal. And well, that it's, it's definitely at a discount now, um, but it's also pretty useless. Um, but if you want to buy any fun cards that are legal, you can go to bit.ly slash EDH underscore social, and we'll make sure that we put that link in the show notes for you as well. Uh, we have a Discord link in our show notes as well, where you can come and talk to uh, Alex and myself and other members of the community, talk about the upcoming sets. We can talk about cards that a lot of people don't know about that, heck, we talk about some of those cards on the actual podcast itself because I like fun cards. I like silly cards. I got to use Ice Cave recently. Did you? In a, yes, I did. And man, the eyes that went up. And I said, yeah, this isn't like mm-hmm. less than 100 decks. <laughs> we should get some of Sorry. our uh, of our friends back on here and talk to them again. We should. It's been a while. We can do that. Absolutely. We need, we need to talk to some people that like magic as much as we do. Um, and with that, you can also... Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at EDH underscore social. Email us at the social contract EDH at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to talking to you again very soon about the commander set for the DD 
all of it because, woo, I got some takes. I like some of this stuff a lot. We'll talk to you soon.